This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 741, brought to you by the new Audible original, The Sandman. And iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands, wearing their masks, and staying socially distant from each other. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 741. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. This is Josh Flanagan. I'm Josh Flanagan. In the morning. <laughs> we are a fanboy. Every week we read a bunch of comics. Ironically, this is the one time we're not recording in the morning. Uh, read a bunch of comics, and one of us picks the one they like the best. We call it the Pick of the Week. We'll talk about that book. We talk about other books in the week. The Patreon Pick, Listener Mail, all the fun stuff, because it's a fun time. We do it for our enjoyment and for yours as well. That's the goal. Yeah. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be spoilers. Be cautious. Josh, you had the pick. Do you remember last week? I do, yes. When I mean vaguely. It was it was it was a cornucopia of riches. There was Yeah. No, yes, you're delightful right. comics every way you turned. What could be the pick of the week? Well, it could be all of these things. I believe the week before was a bit like that as well. This was not that week. Um <laughs> do, I mean, do you feel this way too? I you know, when you don't have to pick, there's a lot of psychological pressure that's lifted. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't know what I would have done if I had the pick. So I, I mean, I, I, but I, I didn't have to have it, so I didn't have to make the choice. That's, but also that's fair. I didn't have a book where I went, ooh. So so as I'm just going to warn everybody as we go through this, I'm going to bitch. Uh oh. Well, but for no for no anyway. So uh, constructively bitch. Obviously, you're not new here. Right. Um. Pick of the week is Usagi Yojimbo number 10. This is the ongoing original colored series um, from IDW. Uh, they are also concurrently publishing Usagi Yojimbo's like, old stuff. Recolor- Color- yeah, recolored, and it gets a little iffy because it's, it's not very continuity heavy, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I think number four of that was last week, and so this is number 10 of the ongoing series. Um, and I really... This was this was. I'm not giving this like a um, an exception to, or anything. This was bar none. This was the my favorite book that I read this week. It was the one that You're, you love a Ujimbo. You know, I didn't for a while. I tried to get in a few times, but it is you've been, gone through phases. Yes, but lately, for whatever reason, I am because for a long time I was really trying to figure out like what it is. What is it about this that has made it? stick around for such a long time. And even though it's not like the most popular comic book in the world, it obviously has a fan base that allows it to survive. And and I I really enjoy... I mean, obviously, like, Stan Sakai's a great cartoonist. And to I think... I, this is going to change a lot, depending on what week it is. But I think, to me, one of the things that's happening is that this is a lot of things at once, and it appears to be very simple, but is not. Which, and this is me going off the deep end a little... My reading of Japanese culture in history seems a lot like that. There's a lot of shit going on that you are not aware of as you are not part of the culture. And I feel like he does a really good job of... (laughs) That's how I'm respectful to a culture, that there's a lot of shit going on. I'm afraid to even say anything. No, no, no. I, I, I just... I feel like this is... So this issue is 
basically, all right, I'm going to try to, it, it, I don't remember where I read the backstory, if this was in this or the other, but basically the, the deal is, is that um, Usagi had worked for one of the lords, and then that lord went to war with another uh, lord, and there was a big battle, and Usagi's master was killed, and that's why he's a ronin, or wander, right. a masterless uh, samurai, samurai. Yep walking around you know on his own he doesn't really serve anybody he just tries to do the right thing um and so in this issue he years later goes into the town of the lord who was his enemy who won also like usagi's you know he was killed his his lord was killed Mm -hmm. and so uh he's in the town and he's he's wearing the title of the of of the issue the story is called mon m-o-n uh which is the clan crest so you'll see it on usagi's um I don't know what that's called uh, on his uh, his shirt, his jacket, his tunic. His, there's a word I can't think of. Um, and it's, it's just not a gi, is it? No, that's a karate that's outfit. You know, it's not a kimono, but either way, uh, it's a circle with three dots in it. And as he walks into the town, he just notices that people are staring at him. And like a little kid comes up and he's like, "Hi!" And he's like, "Hello," because he's a friendly bunny. And the mother grabs him and says, "No, no, we can't. We have to go away." He goes into a tavern. People try to start a fight with him. Um, it's just it's there's this and, and Usagi's like I just I thought this would be over by now, but at the same time that he's like this really sweet nice guy, he will take you down. Yeah, and I I think there's just some really there's uh, this this uh, really captivating thing about it where it looks one way but it gets really violent but when it's violent it's kind of there's the skull deaths. It's kind of goofy. I mean I, I I didn't read this I I didn't like you like him better in black and white. Yeah, I just I I really enjoyed it, that that one miniseries I read in black and white, mm-hmm. and I, I I thought that the the color almost flattened it out. It, mm-hmm. it made it less interesting, and it's just not a knock on the colorist Tom Luth, but I just liked it that way. So I'm a, but I did really like it, and you're t- you're you're right. The tone is very unique. It's that yeah, it's all these anthropomorphized animals, but then you get really serious violence. But it's also kind of goofy because when people die, they got a skull over their head. And but then also you get some really serious, at least when I read it, um, cultural examination. Yeah, so it's a very unique, unique book. I I really I get over the fact that they're anthropomorphized. Yeah. Wow, I butchered that word, anthropomorphized. I, I and when you said it just now, I was like, oh yeah, there are different animals in there. And sometimes I notice it more than others. But really, I, you know, at a certain point, I'm like, I'm just reading a samurai story. Right, yeah, um, for sure. And I think that part of it gets really fun. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it's it's always fun when, you know, your main character is, you know, th- can beat anybody. You know, he's 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 the Sundance Kid. He's, he's you know, Captain America. He's, that's who Usagi Yojimbo is. Like, he doesn't want to fight you, but if you come after him, he's going to win. Right. You know, he, he, he beat a bunch of, I, I don't know if it's in this one, but, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of guys, he talks some guys out of it no the tavern keeper wants there of these four guys want to beat the hell out of usagi and kill him or whatever and the tavern guy's like please don't do that here i'll give you free sake and and usagi's like all right fine i'll go you know and then the guys get tie one on and then they go to find him uh and, and he beats them uh you know and then you find out that the tavern keeper uh has betrayed usagi even though he was nice to him and, and sort of told people where to find him and he's like listen i I have to, I'm going to give away the whole story right now. Um, I have to, I don't have any money and there's a reward for finding you. And, and I had no choice. 
and Usagi doesn't kill him. He's just, he's like, you're, you're disgusting. That's terrible. You know, there's no honor or whatever. And at that point, the, the tavern keeper, who really is this pathetic little figure, goes after him with a knife. And Usagi kills him. <laughs> it's just, right. he, he just puts him down. And it's, it, it, it's really like, this person's wonderful. Stay on the right side of him. He's a really good person, but he will not brook, you know, dishonor towards him. Uh, and then there's a really the ending is actually like there's a there's a cliffhanger and these are all, these are often just like uh, one issues he he ends up after the fight he's he's sort of he looks like he's um, haggard and he gets into a fishing boat and he kind of passes out in the boat and then uh, floats down the river and so we find out what happens next. I mean he's very much you know Jonah Hex. He's yes, that kind of character. He's the gunslinger but with the sword who comes into town gets he's, into an adventure and that, at least in this in the one-off stories the one i read was a yeah. you know a continuing story but he's that's very basically what he's much friendlier than jonah hex sure he's nice he's a nice mm-hmm. person jonah hex. yeah and jonah hex in the same way doesn't necessarily always want to get in trouble either but mm-hmm. if trouble comes to him he will put you down the same way you know you suck your jimbo does so i i liked it i just for whatever reason, I don't think the colors speak to me. But well, you know, and then you know, but the, you know, the other side of that is, you know, we're always dealing with the 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 whims of comic book markets and how things are happening. And it's mostly superhero books because that's where you know the interest lies. And that's where the talent is. And then you've got this corner over here where there's like this nice consistency that's been going on for decades, and you just right. you can study that thing. You know the just the the sort of gentle contemplation of like well what is this thing and what is it trying to say and and it it has its own voice it's nothing else and and this was a week where that really was was really good for me i I was let's just look at this thing over here it is timeless it has nothing to do with any trends or anything that are is happening and i am becoming more able to appreciate it over time and i can't i still can't really explain why or what it is and it's funny because, you know, I'm probably 20 years later than most of the people who've been reading it when they started to appreciate it. But that's that's how I roll. It's it's quality. You know, it's quality storytelling, quality cartooning. He's he's been it's a legitimate legend in the business. And it's and a it's a different world, too. It's a really yeah. interesting world that he's in. You know, feudal Japan's pretty damn fascinating. <laughs> it is. And also you have to give him credit for doing it for so long and still having the stories to tell. Yeah. And, yeah it doesn't. It doesn't feel because I'm finding what I think is subtext, or at least you can see something to sort of look for. It means he's not phoning it in. It's he's still got something to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. What else spoke to you this week, Josh? That's about it. <laughs> no, uh, there were books that I liked this week, uh, but there was usually something or other about most of them that just didn't sit right with me. Well, let's get into Empire Number Two, yeah. which. Just came out last week. Yeah, um, that's fine. Let's get it done with. <laughs> it's first important. A programming note is that the, the we can no longer call them the French hippie uh, creatures, as pointed out to us by a listener either on our website or on Facebook or on Twitter or Discord or wherever the million, you know, Instagram. Uh, the main character, the bad guy, was named Sequoia, mm-hmm. and he's called koi for short for some reason they're they're spelling it q u o i which would be french to be qua right. which would be what right but they're they're he's, it's koi okay. so that's the bad guy's name i mean this was fine it was not unenjoyable but it wasn't also it also wasn't great it was very much like there was a fu- couple of fun moments um 
you know, it's hard to tell right now because there's so many side books. I read a couple of them that yeah. where the actual story is happening, but this seems to be the main through line. And Captain Marvel gets a hammer because everyone gets a hammer now. And she's uh, an accuser. She's Captain Marvel, the accuser. I, I I I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. The art was good. Yeah, that's kind of where I was. But I think that my my thing was that for the first issue or two, it was interesting. I was like, oh, maybe this will be an event, but it'll have some sort of thing to it. And as we get through this issue and into the, I think I read the Avengers. That's not true. I quit the Avengers one halfway through because um, it was terrible. Um, like it just, it turned into a very, uh, uh, like, oh, this is exactly what you think it is and expect it to be. The villain went from being sort of like, they played the villain really arch the whole time. If you look back, you're like, well, of course yeah. you see that coming. But here it's just, it was, I've just, I've read it a billion times and I know that we talk a lot about, um, oh, this feels like old comics and it's fun. And like, you need that, but you can't have just that. And I just was a little, I, I wanted something surprising. I wanted something unique out of it. And I, and that wasn't really there. It was just a 70s Well, I'm willing era. to say that we're very early in the story. Yes. I don't know how long this is running for. I literally have no idea. Maybe it's six, maybe it's eight issues. And two issues in. I'm sure there's a there is a checklist in the back, but yeah. I haven't. Um, I'm scrolling as we talk. Uh, so it could be that there'll be something that'll happen. Yes. You know, somewhere in the end of Act Two that will switch things up or surprise. And this could be uh, the swerve of trying to lull you into whatever, and you know, then do the unexpected thing. And and you know, God bless them if they do. You know, so it's but, six issues. Yeah, but I, you know, which is not a lot because we're now we're, we're a third of the way through. Yeah. And nothing's really happened. I mean, that like that they yeah. met up there. Now that I go back, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, Tony was acting all weird the whole time. And and I was like, why didn't you see this guy happening? Look at the look in his eyes. I said that before. You know, so there's a lot of action, but it, it seems like an ex- it's an excuse to get people to draw other people punching each other, which is what superhero comics are. I can't complain about that, but it doesn't excite me. That's it. It's, I wanted it to excite me more than it did. I guess that's my, my thing. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it, but I didn't dislike it. Yeah, X Men Fantastic Four number four was a book I struggled with even reading because it's another one of those books where. So this is the issue four of a four issue miniseries, and, and you know, the first three parts were probably in two thousand nineteen, as mm-hmm. far as I'm I know. I, I had a really struggle. I, I it's like all oh, right. So then, Franklin's a mutant, and they tried to get him, and there was a like it took me a while to really get to, you know, where where the story was. Um, that said, I thought it was fun. I liked the Dodson art. They're really cranking out art these days, the mm. Dodsons. Yeah. Um, Doom is interesting against the mutants. I like the Doom Valeria scenes. That that was the best part. That was the best, well, I guess it was one page. The best right. one page of the issue, um, I think. I didn't, it, it seemed to wrap up really quick. Yeah. Um, that, and that's a complaint I'm going to have a lot about a lot of things this week. It seemed to wrap up really quick. And I remember I had really enjoyed this and liked it. And then it just kind of ended, and then um, it had this weird coda at the end um, where uh, Magneto and, and Xavier just sort of drop by. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Where's Reed, by the way? And they go down there, and they <laughs> erase his memory. And, you know, like, well, you know, back when we were the Illuminati, I might have done this. And, I, like, it was kind of cute, and it was a cool idea. But it, we, we've talked about this before. It it, it keeps, like... I, are the X-Men supposed to be villains? Because they feel like villains to me. Or at least they feel like like they're assholes. They're assholes for sure. They're more militant 
about their existence and at least people who weren't previously basically everyone's magneto at this point yeah and i get i mean like culturally zeitgeist whatever like that all makes sense but it's not it doesn't make me feel good to read yeah i thought that was that was an interesting scene you know reed is often as going back to this to civil war is is someone who for ironically for a smart guy thinks last you know builds machine first thinks about implications later and this and that's a fine here. idea I'm, I'm i'm cool with that and so they destroy it and dan is a memory of how to do it so that was interesting and the the, the tension between the ff and x-men was good i i think overall this if i read this all at once this is probably a very successful miniseries it's just a hard when there's like a four-month break i think that i think that the plot was uneven though i think that there was like it climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed and then just dropped and it was over yeah i mean that's a four issue that's yeah, tough part about I, I, it 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 was unsatisfying because there's a lot of good elements. There was also perhaps too many elements for a four issue miniseries. A lot of characters, yeah, and a lot of characters who had stakes and things going on. Um, I don't think I understand. And I've been reading almost all the books. I don't think I understand Franklin's powers or what's happening to them. I know that every time he uses them, he drains them, and so therefore right. they like, won't. He's like Spawn now. Yeah, I guess I don't. Know. Um, and and I. Yeah, I feel like that's been covered in several issues. Like, I, mean, I know that's what's happening. I just don't. I feel like I don't. I don't fully know what his power why. is. And also, I know he's like the most powerful mutant, and he like can reshape reality. And you know, we've we've seen mm-hmm. other books where he's in the future with King Thor, and they're the only two people left, and him and Galactus. And mm-hmm. but then, like at one point, he he like unleashes like a wave of energy from his hands. I was like, wait, does he do that? Well, it's one of those things when you make somebody so powerful, like because that's the that's the threat. He's a nuclear bomb. Is you know, it's it's hard to define what the power is. It's the same thing with the Infinity Gauntlet or with Black Bolt or whatever. Like it's and just, I'm not knocking the book for it. I'm just saying yeah. personally, I oh, don't yeah. know no, I think you're right. what's going on. Because I know people might think, oh, well, you're, you're criticizing me. You don't understand. I just, I don't understand. So that, that keeps me from loving I don't it think it's sure. consistent. I don't think there's a, he has God powers. I mean, that's, right. that's the thing. Batman 95, part one of the Joker War. Did you read this? No. We had a couple of tie-in. Not, well, tie-in. Yeah, I guess I guess tie-in's correct. We had Detective Comics and Batgirl, which both tied into the Joker War, and this is officially part one. Um, James Tinney the fourth. Great art by Jorge Jimenez. He's always terrific. But a lot of Jorge's in comics lately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Joker has uh, initiated a hostile takeover of Wayne Corp, and he has all the he has all the st- he has the controlling interest of the stock. He has all the money. Um, a newscaster calls it stately Wayne Manor as it's being repossessed by the board. I don't think that's how that actually works. I feel like that house has been paid off years and years and years ago. Um, <laughs> but whatever. He's mortgaged uh, it a bunch of times to pay for bad yeah, plans. Exactly. He's he's ten times mortgaged it to pay for the the back cave. Um, you know, it just the logistics of it is kind of stupid. Like the idea of Joker taking over Wayne Enterprises is stupid. I as I talked about, I hate the idea that all these people now know who Batman is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just so that, that's it, the that's the pitch. Joker takes over Wayne Enterprises, thereby Joker declawing Bruce Wayne. He know, yeah, well, he knows all the secrets, so he initiates some, somehow initiates a hostile takeover of Wayne Enterprises. He now owns Wayne Enterprises. He's cut Batman off of his money. He's cut him off from his resources. He knows his secrets, so he's able to attack him in a different way. Um, it's it's the problem is like. 
it feels very, very, very similar in a way to the big Joker story Snyder did, where Joker attacked the family, and and the implication was he knew who they were, and it feels very similar to that. It feels like such a weird choice to decide to do like a big Joker story on the heels of like fifty big Joker stories, and I know that like the, everybody's like, I want to tell my Joker story. Well, we have a lot of those. What if you tell? the great poison ivy story or the you know just a- yeah any. especially since the film that's coming out it's riddler penguin and catwoman so you mm-hmm. think they'd, they'd focus more on those guys but because no I one's done a great penguin story in a while yeah, i don't begrudge that anyone te- wanted to tell the story it just feels very similar while also being feeling kind of dumb mm-hmm. um and then at one point, like Batman's new suits revealed, and it's like all shiny and light, like aquamarine and mm-hmm. brown. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" I don't think they're writing this for you anymore, man. <laughs> and the question then the, they but, were only a few months ago. Yeah, well, and they didn't let him finish it in the book, and you weren't right. fully sold on that either. <laughs> Has anyone heard about that book at all? Shit, I don't know. I'll ask him. <laughs> Batman, Catwoman. Um, not that I was super excited for it, but geez, uh, you know, it just it just doesn't feel exciting. It feels like a retread of something that just felt, you know relatively recently just happened. I don't feel like they've they've done the legwork to make it make sense. It's just all just all of a sudden the Joker has control of the company and all of his crooked people are in charge. Um, well, there's no other books that that's happening other than Daredevil and Spider Man. It just and, yeah, it and it just feels strange, stupid. like joke. Batman doesn't feel important to me anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I mean, I I think there's... It's important to some... Like, Batman's having a moment in terms of published comics that seem to be popular, but you've got all the metal stuff going on, and you were not super, you're not into that. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I, I think Tom King's Batman run was hit or miss for you but you know good it was uneven but the stuff i liked i really liked yeah you know and detective's been it's fine i enjoyed it i enjoyed reading it like mm-hmm. this this week's issue was the, the ending of the two-faced story and it, it only tangentially tied into joker war but i it's solid it's not great it's had good issues really it had good issues it's mostly just fine mm-hmm. you know it's a mostly just a fine book yeah but that's not i don't know it's not what you want with with batman i don't know but it can't always be like up top you know just it's not possible so this th- we'll put it this way this will clear the way for a great batman run maybe who knows what, the, what the, i think it was supposed to clear the way for whatever they were going to do they'll only be available on at&t phones but it's going <laughs> right. to be a great batman run um middle west 18 scotty young and jorge corona with jean-francois Bellieu. um how did you feel about this ending Similar to Batman, no, similar to uh X Men Fantastic Four. I felt like I kind of I was like, well, maybe this isn't the last issue, and then I was like, oh, this is that's that's the end of that. I liked there was the big fight, um, with the kid and his dad, and he almost lost control. Jorge Corona has been a revelation, and yes, he draws incredibly compelling tornado people, yes. I mean, just these these wonderful this two page spread vistas of tornado demon people fighting other tornado demon people, and it just 
It looks great. And I also this has been a great looking book. I also book. noted when that was happening, like I could still tell what was going on in the storytelling. It wasn't yeah. just, you know, like it was like a real thing. So I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the sort of personal, the bits at the end where I can't remember the boy's name, you know, where his dad says, I'm sorry. And he comes to accept it. And he's like, it's not okay though. And I have a family that emotional payoff of the all thing of the whole thing was really good but it felt like it was crammed in right at the very end, which is probably you know somewhat of a, a, a factor of publishing and, and how it is. I just think I would have liked to live with it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a longer issue, maybe one more issue, something. It just felt like it was over really quick, and then the credits rolled. Um, well, I mean, it was, it was a four, I just counted as a 14-page mm-hmm. conversation between them. It's pretty long. All right. I, you know, but like... That's the feeling I had, which is not yeah. based on a lot. I thought that the writing, the emotions conveyed, and obviously the art, I thought it was all great. I just think it, it's, it's something needs something, needs something else, but maybe I'd built it up because I really liked it so much. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't super into it. I, had, I, th- I mean, I think if you have, um, I don't want to generalize, but I think if you have issues that are relative to the story, then you might feel more of an impact. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a, it was a it was an interminable fourteen pages because I was like, oh, we're gonna do this for. I really a long time. I really wanted to see how they were gonna handle it, and I liked how they did. I will give you that. But um, I agree that it the first half of this book was really terrific, and then when, I think when he went to the camp, the labor camp, it sort of fell off. See, I liked I liked I think the middle part kind of lost me a little, but the the camp I liked because you see, I, I wish I could remember names. Uh, you see him sort of come into himself. And he gets confidence and you see how he's different than, you know, than his dad or, you know, that he has skill and other people are recognizing it. And so mm-hmm. he's got a reason to feel good about himself. Uh, I have no idea what the fox was about the whole time. <laughs> but I like the big robot. And I also didn't know who most of the uh, uh, cast, like the kids yeah. were. I, yeah, yeah. I sort of lost track of them. But overall, I really, really enjoyed the series. It's beautifully produced. I thought it was written from the heart. Um, I think it showed growth as a writer, you know, for Scotty Young, um, and I'd I'll, I'd recommend it for sure. Okay, that's the deal. Another thing that I would recommend, see that see that segue. Except I mean it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audible, the Audible original, The Sandman. Let's take a listen. The year was 1916. Roderick Burgess conceived a plan. He would capture death. You are death. It's him. He's back. The Sandman's a fairy story. He's back, John. Dream of the Endless. Greetings to you, Lucifer Morningstar. Hello, Dream. I have shown him fear (sighs) in a handful of dust. The Sandman. Only from Audible. In association with DC. Just close your eyes and listen. At one point, he just said, hello, Dream. And I think it was James McAvoy. So I heard Hello, Gene, said by Professor Xavier. (laughs) You can listen to the new Audible original, The Sandman. I'm guessing if you are listening to this show, then you are familiar with what The Sandman is. You might have even recognized Neil Gaiman's voice at the beginning of that. They are the best-selling DC graphic novels, comic books, written by Neil Gaiman. Uh, It has been adapted and directed by Dirk Maggs, which is a fantastic... 
fantastic name. Great Hailed name. by the Los Angeles Times Magazine as, quote, the greatest epic in the history of comics, which I believe that there's there's a ring of truth to that. I could argue I could argue it, but I could I could accept it also. The audio adaptation has been decades in the making. You've got James McAvoy in the title role. Uh, that would be Dream, Lord Morpheus, the Sandman, um, yep. which is which is intriguing. Uh, you follow the Morpheus, the Dream Lord, as he is pulled in from the Dream Realm and imprisoned on Earth. That happens in the first book. When he finally escapes, he must restore his power to build his dominion. That's the rest of the story. And that's just the start. This cast is fantastic. You've got Riz Ahmed, uh, who I know from The Night Of and many other things. Uh, he was fantastic. You've got Kat Dennings. Uh, you've got Michael Sheen. I just saying Michael Sheen makes me smile. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's underselling it because I'm looking at the cast page. You got Taron Egerton, you've got Samantha Morton, you've got BB Newworth, you've got Andy Serkis. It's like it's a powerhouse wow. voice cast. Yeah. Yeah, no, I heard names I heard a lot of voices in there that I kind of recognized, and so that's great. It's funny that I recognize Neil Gaiman's voice as much as I do anybody else's, which well, is he's, strange. I mean, he has one of the best voices in the world. He does have a good voice. Uh, in your wildest dreams, you've never heard anything like this. Listen now only on Audible. Go to audible.com slash the Sandman. Um, and, you know, also, there's a lot of great audiobooks on there, and they can enrich your world as they have mine. That's, that's just, that's just my, my experience. Billionaire Island number three, Mark Russell, Steve Pugh. This is Ahoy Comics. I... I don't know how successful these Ahoy books have been for Mark Russell. And I think it's down to the length. So he had Second Coming, which was originally the DC book that got canceled, mm -hmm. and Ahoy picked it up. I think it only ran four issues, or maybe six. But Flintstones ran 12, and the other book whose name I never remember ran 12, the cat book. Snaggle, snaggle, Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. He's, a, he's able to tell a really rich story within 12 issues. Here... Mm -hmm. This is issue three or four, and I don't know what the point of this book is. Well, so other than there's, other than the sort of the standard, really, is four. You know, rich people are terrible. You know, rich billionaires what? are terrible and selfish. Like that's his message. But I think there needs to be something more than that. I don't, don't think? think you get long enough for him to sort of hit you with the characters. If you that's, were to no, use that's the, really the, pr the big problem here. Yeah, if, if you were to use the example of you know Red Sonia, you get to know her. You get to know. You know the the other emperor. You get to know the kids, some of the people here. This all moves very fast. I still don't the the guy, the main. I, I guess he's the protagonist, but uh, not hardly, not even really. I mean, yeah, is, yeah. They, well, the guy who killed the original billionaire. So yeah. I thought he was going to be the protagonist, but I don't really like. They're interrogating him. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Why are you doing any of this? <laughs> then there's the woman who escapes um, from from prison. The reporter, yeah. So what I think that the deal is here is that I I think it is entertaining. If, sure. Especially if you're familiar with this, but I'm not going to buy this for somebody. That was what no. I came up with. I'm not going to go. Oh, you've got to read this. I I bought the Flintstones for exactly. several people and enthusiastically, mm -hmm. you know, rang that bell. And I know they're doing a sequel to Second Coming, and I'm, and maybe they'll do a sequel to this one. But it seems it's just like there's not enough really to hook you. There's not enough meat on the bone here. Yeah, I'm saying that in a story about a dog. Wonder Twins, I thought had that like he. he yeah, Wonder Twins was yeah. longer too. Those like ten issues. Yeah, so exactly. you really got to, you know, he has a lot of interesting and compelling and funny ideas, mm -hmm. but you have to also wrap it up in a character piece that is compelling. And I don't know that this is that, and I don't know that Second Coming was that. It's a little closer because there's fewer characters, mm -hmm. but here you've got like. The reporter, and then you got the hipster, and you have the Punisher guy, and you have the billion, couple billionaires, and then now we got the new character here who 
is kind of crazy living on his own on the island. And there's a lot of people to focus on, and none of whom really uh, give you anything. Yeah. You know? Because there's just not enough time spent with them. So I, I finished reading this, and I was like, that was fun, but like, what? what's the point? I think that's, I think that's the, yeah, it was the thing where I basically got to the end of it. That was fun. I'm never going to recommend this to anybody. I'm not going to think about it again. I can enjoy it when I'm reading it and it has bits and things like that, but it's not, it's not like those other books. And maybe it is like, maybe that's a thing, but I think it's simply a matter of having a character who you, who you invest in, you know? Right. And I think that the, why Second Coming is more, slightly more successful is the main superhero character was interesting. Uh, even yeah. though he was basically Superman. Was, he, was, he was interesting, and Jesus was interesting. Here, mm-hmm. it's just there's a lot of pe- people. I don't know any of them. Daredevil 21, Chip Zdarsky again, and Marco Cicchetto. Good-looking book. This is the aftermath of the War in Hell's Kitchen story, and at the end of the last issue, Matt, as Daredevil, with a, you know wearing civilian clothes with Daredevil mask, is turning himself into the cops, and now we get into the legal, ethical quagmire that is daredevil attempting to get himself arrested for the murder from the first issue of this book or the accidental killing in the first issue of this book murder is too harsh of a term here is my question how long is the mayoral term in new york city (laughs) uh is it six no that's congress it must be four years it's either two or four it's It's not not two it's It's not not two two. so then that would be it's four this was charles soul's story to put him in the seat like i think it's been at least four years well, what's comics time? No, I know that, but basically just like, okay, the Kingpin is mayor thing. Like We've hit it from a lot of different angles, and I like this story, and I like the way that he's writing them, and I don't want this story anymore. Yeah. The the bit so basically the bit at the end is he's kind of he's always trying to you know deal with like what he's responsible for and I get it and it's fine and there's interesting and compelling scenes in here, but the thing is now that he's gonna turn himself in, but he's gonna be tried as Daredevil and therefore he won't reveal his secret identity and all of the stuff around that him meeting with the DA that conversation is all really cool and I just thought I don't want to read the next part. Yeah, I don't I mean, want to read the court saga in the jail and I've read it. I can think of three stories I've read that in, in different flavors. Oh, I want to say that the Spider-Man scene was terrific. But, it was. Um, there's a, there's a, the trend that we aren't into, and we've been not, not into it for years, is, man, this is a downer episode. I don't know. I don't know I'm sorry. I, I told I you. I warned you. I going into it. I didn't think so. Um, is, and it's not a new new thing, but it's basically – Let's make these heroic characters as least heroic as possible. Mm-hmm. Let's take them down a peg. Let's take away their powers. Let's let's in the case of Daredevil, let's have him accidentally kill a guy and live with that grief for 12, 21 issues. It's there's a lot of like, let's give Dare, Doctor Strange of consequence to using magic. Let's make let's do all these things. It's I think it's more prevalent at Marvel. Let's do all these things to make the hero less. Compelling. Let's make let's make Superman awesome for a while and then reveal himself to the public. Yeah. And kill that whole book. I, I agree with you. I don't. I mean, like, I just would like Daredevil to be Daredevil and not, you know, now he's going to go to jail as Daredevil, maybe, or at least he's going to go to trial for murder as Daredevil. And then Punisher will show up there. I mean, the thing is, like, I, see, I don't think he actually go to jail because that would really be repeating themselves. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, he'll probably get found innocent. But you know, the idea that there was a story in Charles Soule's run that superheroes could testify in criminal trials and now it's like well if the supreme court says that then they, it, it extends that they could be charged and 
arrested and charged as them as their superior identity and not their real identity. It's just a level of real world bureaucracy. I don't know that I want in a superhero. That's a place. really good. It, it's introducing bureaucracy into their lives, which can be yeah. done in a fun way. But Daredevil's not a. It's a serious book, so everything seems to be just like. Ugh. And and I, like I, said, I there think were good scenes, and, and yeah. man, this book looks great. I think, I, I think they're Robert all. Shadow is the best. Yes, I think they're all good ideas. Like they're great ideas on paper. I'm like, these are great. It's a really, it's smart. That's intelligent. I don't want to read it. <laughs> I mean, and I will. I think you know, Chip Zdarsky's. You know, he's got a lot of. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of sway. Uh, but I, I'm not really looking forward to it. I, and also, I just feel like we've been in this story for you know, 21 issues now. Like, come on. The next issue shows Iron Man's helmet with the horns on it. Oh, okay. oh, good, Iron Man. I don't get enough Tony Stark in my life. Action Comics 1023 and part two of the House of Kent, which is the story in which Connor Kent has shown up, Jonathan Kent has come back from the future, and they're all dealing with the Red Cloud, who has been dogging Superman this whole this whole run by Bendis. This is Bendis and Ramita, and I have been... I have been Defending Ramita's art all the time, <laughs> I guess. All comers. I can't do it here. I just, I can't. <laughs> it's bad. This was not a good issue. No, it wasn't. It was, there, was, there was one or two moments I liked, the tractor moment being the best one. Yeah, I, I, you've just got Connor there now. Who's mm-hmm. this? It's hard to explain. Like, that's a good gag. But he's just there, and, and when you've already got john it felt like there was no need for that to be well that's that's i mean that's dc in a nutshell is that they wanted to move on so they created all these new characters and then for whatever reason they they are just starting to bring back the old ones and so now you've got two super boys yeah you got two flash kid flashes you know you've got two you got you're kicking into you got three robins like it's like yeah they, they 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 it's it's comics in a nutshell. Yeah. And I really hated the scene at the end when he shows up as Clark Kent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he's like wearing this, wearing his clothes with his shirt open, with with his costume underneath it, and his glasses on, and it's like, oh my god, it's Clark Kent, run! And it's just yeah. like, oh. No, oh. but I, then my other thing is like this red cloud thing and the other lady. It's been going on forever. I can beat him. I know you can beat him, but I can't beat him. What if you could beat him? And then and then she's like. Like she's a threat, but only because they're saying she is. And right. I just I don't get the character. I spent a thousand hours with the character of the Red Cloud, and I don't understand, mm-hmm. and I don't care anymore. Yeah, I just want not. And 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 I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that like I really liked it so much for so long that like these just feel like slogs, and I look forward to it when I see a Superman or an Action Comics you know cover. I'm like, oh good, there's a new one, and I'm just halfway through this like, oh Jesus, didn't didn't I read this? It just, yeah. It, yeah, it's we were you know huge Bendis fans, huge fans of the early part of the early part of the run. It just it took a turn on the reveal, and it's not, it's I, not yeah coming back. I don't think that. I don't know why we went that way. It, Superman as 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 a as a father, as a person trying to do a thing. And you, I just added this. I mean, I get it. I get, I get all of it in terms of like pitching a story and trying to think of a new thing to do. But just, I don't know. It was good before you added all that stuff. I didn't do it. Not you. I'm talking. I'm talking to you, DC. This that's those are the books we wanted to talk about. Those are the books that we did talk about. <laughs> Over at patreon.com slash ifanboy, you can add a book to the rundown. 
by voting. Every patron can vote. And this week, it was a blowout win for Chu, number one, from Image Comics and John Lehman. What? Huh? Dan Bultwood on art instead of Rob Guillory for CHU, number one. And I have lots of complex feelings about this. Really? I No. I, no. Complex might be too overstating. So for years, Chu, C-H-E-W, was one of my favorite books. If you go back and watch the old barbecue shows, in which we always ended with the question, what's your top five books right now? Chu was almost always on my list. I yep. loved Chu. I don't, even, I don't remember how long ago it ended, but it ended a long time ago, and I don't necessarily remember how it ended, just because that's the nature of the many, many, many miles in my brain right now. Um, I don't know why we're back. I do. I don't want to, you know? <laughs> no, well, I mean, I know in that, like... I don't want to... I hate, I hate, you know, trying to prescribe motivations when yes. I don't know the motivations. I don't know the history. I don't know why. Maybe maybe John Lehman woke up one day and he's like, oh my God, I've got a great issue. Listen. Great idea for going back to Chew. Or maybe it's yeah. because he hasn't had anything else really work. I don't know. But it feels like... I felt a little sad seeing this book was 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 out. And it'd be, it'd be like if the next Brian K. Vaughn book was another lost man another mm-hmm. last man like I was, i'd be like oh so i that that answer was flippant i think actually disrespectful uh i i like layman i think layman has a great uh um imagination he has a yeah, great energy for, sure. for comics yeah um i think that chew was an unlikely hit oh, i don't sure. think anyone could have seen that coming that it being what it was um and I can see really liking those characters and wanting to spend more time with them. And, and you know, no one is accusing... Yeah, I don't know why. It could have been for any, any number of reasons. Yeah, I, I was going to say, no one's accusing Terry Moore of going back to a well. But that's because mm-hmm. Strange in Paradise wasn't as, you know, like, overall successful as this. But, like, I need to give this guy the same credit, uh, sure. same benefit of the doubt. However, Chu is a result of the combination of writer and yes. artist. And without that combination here it feels less than i'm not even going to say it's less than i just it didn't work for me it didn't work at all i I just couldn't place it it. i like that i like that it was a different type of book from the beginning like it was a it there was a crime story and 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 it wasn't just a continuation of the other story you know with a guy although kind of yeah but you know things have changed i don't know I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. My here's my overall thing. If this book isn't called Chew, I might have liked it a lot more. Cause I did. I thought it was fun. The the story was, mm-hmm. you know, if you take the name off and it's about some this other woman who has some you know similar powers and these sort of bumbling gang of thieves who try to knock off this you know mob place and they it all goes sideways on them. Um, it was fun and the art the art from Dan Bultwood was good. Yeah. But the problem is it's in the Chew world, it's called Chew, and it's just not Chew because there's clearly a magic that also comes from, from Rob Guillory's work. You know, maybe mm-hmm. all those background jokes were him the whole time. I don't know, but they weren't here. They were you him. Know, and, that was, and that was a big part of the, you know, the, the sort of wackiness of that book. And it just, it felt almost like this was like a more serious take on Chew. Well, Chew wasn't supposed to be funny. Chew was supposed to be a straight up thing. And then, right. you know, when Rob did it and as they kept going, it turned into more of a thing. And he realized, like, oh, I can make these jokes. I can put him in here and it works. But I think that um, this this artist, uh, Dan Boltwood, he's not, you know, I wouldn't get him confused with Rob Guillory. He's not no, aping no, no. Rob Guillory, but no. he is in the realm of Rob Guillory. And because of that, I don't know, like, 
I think it needed to be more different mm. than it is. It, visually, uh, tone-wise, you know, I, I, I can't really say one thing or another, but it basically, with a book that I loved that much, that you loved so much, it's going to be really hard to come along and, and do that when sort yep. of half the team is there. It's a solo album. It's when your favorite band and then one of the guys <laughs> does a solo album and it doesn't have that thing that the other one did. There's good stuff in there. You know, it, it's not even coming from a bad place necessarily. No, again, Dan Bolt was really yes. good cartoonist. There's even a great pinup in the back with, in a slightly more cartoony style. And I kind of wish he'd drawn that way. But, and you want, um, well, you want to, but, but it's, I, you know what? I hadn't even put together that it's the same word phonetically. I just yeah. hadn't. I said, oh, it's Chew. That's the name. And then I realized, oh, it's the, when you said that, I was like, oh, it's actually literally the same if you say it out loud. Yeah. I, I mean, like, it's, it's, I, my expectations are too weighted. In the, in the back essay, which is shorter than the other image essays, he compares it to Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and things like I wasn't interested in Better Call Saul either. I thought Better Call Saul was better than Breaking Bad. No, yeah, not I, better. I, I have zero. I have zero interest in it. So that's like, a you thing, though. No, but like, like my point is, I like the thing. It, it, it yeah. ended. It was a complete. No, I get thing. that. I don't want to go do back think, to the world. I do think that that was the case here. It's like Chew ended, and I was like, cool. Uh, yeah. Better Call Saul. I just liked that show better than Breaking Bad. But I, I understand that as a thing where you want to get out of the thing. Yeah, is, but that is also an example of you know you know you're you're your opinion on it notwithstanding like it, it's a successful show that they went on to do and i don't it's early i'm gonna read i'm i mean well, i'm giving it away like i'm gonna read the next one i want it to be good it's just it's it's gonna take a little while for me to either figure out if i can find the if i can appreciate it with and it also if, what it, if was. it had just been the sister and, and like at the end all the characters from, from first you hadn't shown up i agree with that that would have been a different story, and I'm looking at the cover for the next issue, and it's Tony Chu and the guy and the co- and the blonde guy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bummer. But again, I don't think it was badly done. I think the art was great, and I think the story was fun. It just it just left me feeling weird. It's funny because as I'm talking about, it right now, I don't think we've talked about the story at all. And if you'd ask me right now, I don't know if I could tell you what it was, because the whole time I was just thinking, is this what I want? Is this a <laughs> right, thing? Yeah. And at the end. You know, I want to like it, but I haven't been made to like it yet, and it's got a lot going against it in that way. It's got a lot of weight baggage. Yeah. I'm going to give it one more issue. Okay. But it it kind of bummed me out. And again, I'm mm-hmm. not saying he shouldn't be able to go back and do other stories within the world. It's his world. He can do whatever he wants. I just don't necessarily, necessarily want to go back to that. Sometimes it's just best to move on. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, that's fair and i don't mean that it's a hard and fast rule sometimes i will go back but just yeah. for, for chew i just loved loved it so much as a thing that that existed in well it wasn't like they had other guys come in and draw issues of it yeah that's the other thing you know it, it was it, it always was looked like one way layman and guillory and they made a thing and you you knew it's interesting too because uh uh farmhand i've gotten very used to that you know but it looks like chew but it does isn't chew but it gives me that same sort of similar feeling mm-hmm. it's a i don't know it's a different thing like it this is called chew but it doesn't look as much like chew that book has nothing to do with it and i'm like oh it gives me the chew feelings <laughs> so how would you rate this book it's then? a tough question um out of five three and a quarter i was gonna th- i was thinking three 
Because mm-hmm. again, I thought that, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I am unable to judge it objectively in a way. I right. will I will say that. That's fair. Like if I had just read this on its own and I didn't know anything about it, I might feel differently. Mm-hmm. I got history. <laughs> and we're both going to try more. I'm going to try the second issue. All right, fair. And see how I feel. So there you go. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's Patreon pick. But if you give it the $5 or higher level, any patron who does so gets a superpower live on the show. Like Nathaniel Booth. It's very classic. It's very Revolutionary War like uh, Silversmith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't Nathaniel step on Nathaniel Booth thing. has the best. He's got the best silver in the land. <laughs> Did you just pivot? No, that's, I'm just saying that's what people Oh, I see. But his <laughs> power is that uh, he, he has toaster hands. Any kind of bread or bagel or is it yeah, just... He's, if you put it in, on his hand and he, he you know, could toast one side or he could put his uh-huh. hands on both sides of bread and toast the bread. I don't think people understand how far toasters have come in my lifetime. Oh, for sure. I've got a great new one. I, it's, it's probably my first like modern toaster. And I'm, is it oh, a, I'm constantly amazed by the things. That not can. a toaster oven, though? No, it's a little. It's a toaster. Oh, I have a. T- I have a toaster oven. Uh, I've never had a toaster oven in my life. We yeah yeah. It's it's pretty good. It has it has bagel settings. It has it has a if the thing is frozen setting. You do a. The lot only toaster it. oven I had experience with was, was the one in the dining hall in college where you put your bagel on a little conveyor yeah. belt and then it went down the thing. That was just an industrial toaster. I liked. It. I do miss slots. <laughs> I have slots. I have a button. You push and the slots go down automatically, and then they rise when they're done. Oh, you don't, there's nothing to push down. There's not. A, there's not a pop up either. I assume. Uh, I think there's a button where you can like you can feel like I'm done now. Right. Uh, like a like an ejector seat button. Right. But, but the the toast doesn't gain velocity. <laughs> no, it doesn't shoot out and hit the ceiling. Right. Although that would be awesome, and I would use it all the time. If yeah, could. obviously. And you'd stand there with your plate like, <laughs> I'm gonna catch it perfectly this time. <laughs> right in the butter. Anyway, Nathaniel Booth will perfectly toast anything you put in his hands. That's great. I like that. Yeah. Also, great silver. <laughs> I mean, amazing. So that's just that's just him and his world, not just not this power. And the thing is, it's not overly detailed. It's just the right amount of sort of right. uh, decoration. Justin yeah. Cresswell can adjust any seating to be either very comfortable or very uncomfortable. Uh, and it's like from afar. Yeah, like he can do it to your seat that you're in right now. Hmm. So he would he would like he would see that somebody is uncomfortable and he he could adjust yeah. it, and and all of a sudden it would just be perfect for the seat for the seater. And then conversely, uh, you know if he's if he's in a tough negotiation or something, he can slowly he can or he can make the the seat that the that the person across from him it, uncomfortable. If he's in a restaurant and he hears somebody being rude to a waiter, he will make their seat very uncomfortable. So he he would look at me and say, "Hey, why are you sitting eight hours a day in a wooden chair?" Yeah. And he would make it more comfortable for me. Yeah, he could. He could make that much more comfortable. The and chair say, doesn't. Man, I got nothing. I, I'm just trying to barely hang on here. Yeah, that's all I got. He could use it either way, though. He controls yeah, sure. the comfort of seating. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can go get your own superpower. You can vote for the patron pick, and that's where we have our stretch goals. And that's where the people who uh, help want to help keep the show going go to donate. And we thank you. You've unlocked many fun things. Our <laughs> hangouts. And Earlier our... tonight, my wife was like. Do you do a show extra every week? And I was like, yeah, we're up to like three or four a month now. <laughs> and who knows? It could be adding a G.I. Joe show. That's our next stretch goal to uh, analyze each episode of the G.I. Joe Real American Hero. So if you want to hear that show, 
and not on the regular show, as many people did not, you can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy and you can donate and help us get to that next stretch goal. And thanks to all who do. T-shirt store, ifanboy.threadless.com. That's where you can find our eight designs and also on other things, but in T-shirts, but they're fun on T-shirts. They're, they're a lot of fun on T-shirts. ifanboy.com slash support. That's where you can help us out directly via PayPal. Again, billionaires welcome, 100 millionaires welcome, just single. It will, it will take single millionaires. We're not going to discriminate. The million dollars doesn't buy what it used to, but it can buy me. Do you really want another piece of art on the wall that you never look at? Mm-hmm. Or even even worse, put in one of those art-like bunkers where they buy expensive Picassos and never look at them? Is that a great use of your money? Or do you want to finance Josh's Porsche addiction? That's what you should really ask yourself when you look at the mirror in the morning. I'm just a man with a, with a desire, with a dream. <laughs> and frankly, you're not helping. Cezanne or make this random dude happy. Just think about it on the next time you're, you're trying to figure out what to do with your extra money. I found what.com slash Amazon. That's where you can go find our Booksplode books and a general link. We thank everyone who donates or helps support the show. Uh, keeps us going, keeps us in new equipment, keeps us in, in uh, new f- functions and features. We have a new way of recording. It's more expensive than the old way, but it's better. So we did that. And that's all we can do that. Thanks to everyone else who helps support the show. So thank you for doing so. And we have time for one. I know the clock says we're, we're long, but we started a little late. Yeah, let's, so let's, let's talk to Rashad B., who had asked us, mm-hmm. would you be interested in a serialized drama similar to Mad Men about the creation of Marvel? Each season could focus on the big years, the Kirby and Stan season, Claremont takes over the X-Men season, the Image Guys leaving season, etc., etc. Not a documentary, but a straight-up drama. Who do you think would play Stan and Jack? So you know how... Um, Sean Connery once had the cure for cancer, and he lost it. I do. Rashad had me, and then he lost me. Go on. So, like, sure. Would I want to see a show similar to Mad Men about the creation of Marvel in the 60s? Yes. And then he lost me after that, because you can't go each season and jump to the 80s and then the 90s, 2000s, because people have no context. You and I, Rashad, have the context, mm-hmm. and therefore it's interesting. Claremont's interesting. The image you guys are interesting, but if... Random Joe on the streets watching season three opens up with Todd McFarlane saying, I, ha- I can't stand here working here anymore. He's going to say, I don't, what, what? I don't care. All right, so let's, let's cut that, that last sentence out. You need context. So we're going to say, let's say the show goes from 1961 to 1969. Sure. Um, what, what year did Kirby leave for DC? It should end with Kirby leaving. Yeah, okay. So I would watch that. I think sure. there would be a way to do it. That would be great. When Roy Thomas comes, he would be played by uh, um, Nate Cordry, and <laughs> uh, it would be fantastic. And then, and then, oh man, it would be a great. Show. Neil Adams would show up. So I have prepared Uh-oh. my casting choices. Wow! And you hate casting. I did. I know. I know. That's incredible because I would. I didn't cast this at all. My my thought was. You know, relative unknowns like Mad Men, they were all working character actors, but none of them were big stars. You know, so that's what I would have gone with, but continue. Ready? Yep. In the part of Stan Lee, Uh oh. Michael Stuhlbarg. <laughs> and in, in the part that's of. kind of amazing. In the part of Jack Kirby, uh-huh. Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese, interesting. That's real interesting. I said that's a real left field choice. I don't hate it. I I I I right away. I actually had them flipped at first, and then I was like, no, 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 not that way. The other way. 
That's really interesting. I thought it would be a great show. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and honestly, I think there's a way you could do the show that makes it interesting to the people because, you know, everyone knows the movies now. And so uh, you don't want to totally ape Mad Men, even though that's the time frame it was in. But, you know, it's an interesting tale. And I think... Well, you got... You've got no a time... Would, Marvel would never allow it to be, to be told, but it would be interesting to Well, we've, tale. I mean, we've read it in comic book forms a lot of times. We've read... Um, what was the the Howard Chaykin series from a year or so ago? Yeah, but if it only works to the modern audience or the the wide audience if it's about Marvel comics. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no way well, Marvel I, comics would ever sign off on the use of its names and characters, things based on the sure. story of. Let's put that aside, though. Yeah, I've read books about this for years. I have heard stories about it from people who were there. Sure, it is endlessly fascinating. Oh, it's and, a great story. And, the '60s of Marvel is a great story. Yeah, and I don't think it's only fascinating to you and me because we have context. I think it's a great. No, no. I, well, I'm, human I'm saying story. you can't jump. Yeah. You can't jump in eras without context. You can no. do the first story 100%. I think I, I do believe you could do it as a great story about the creation of these fantastical characters yeah. in the 60s and all the tension between Stan and Jack and Dick, Crazy Ditko and everyone. And, know, and the fact characters that, there. you know, the fact that all of these guys Joe are these, all these guys are working in an industry that nobody respects, including and themselves. Middle-aged guys, they're not yeah. like young 20-somethings. They're like you know in their 40s and working and. You know, they also, some of them have PTSD from the war. There's a lot yep. of interesting things to go, that, so to really much. explore there. It's a great, it's a great idea. I just think you'd run into No, no, it, would, it wouldn't ever get made. But if you, if you, if that was not, a, you know, the case, it would be, it would be great. I'd, I'd be really surprised if there wasn't somewhere, somewhere a pilot script for this. That someone has written. Whether sure. or not it'll ever get made. I'm, I'd be really surprised because it's even a great as, story. Even as a spec. Yeah. For sure. Good email, Rashad. It was. That was fun. Huh? I had casting, right? I, I'm, I'm literally floored. Yeah, I, I, I did. I needed to go lay down. It's a well, good thing the show's over. It's a good thing that uh, nobody can, that Justin Cresswell isn't around. Contacted iFanboy.com. It's good casting, too. It's not only that you did it, but it was really good. I appreciate that very much. I was, I was really excited to say it to you. I was like, "Don't write this. This is a script. You got to surprise him." Who, who can? Who's the who, who's the guy we love that's in, also in Perry Mason? Uh, I, I I need you to be more. The specific. guy who plays the sidekick. Oh oh um, I can't think of his name. Uh, the uh, Boardwalk Empire brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he's great. Can he play Joe Simon or Steve Ditko? I just wanted to be in the show. He's not Joe Simon. He's he could a, be Joe Simon. No, yeah, I'm not seeing that. I have to think about that. Let's come back next week and talk about it. Oh my God, this could be a whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> we got shows. Media Explode number five came out right behind the feet of this show. Came out this earlier this week. We talked about Greyhound. We talked about Palm Springs. We talked about Hamilton, but mostly we talked about Midnight Run, the 1988 classic from Martin Brest, starring Martin, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Mm. And that can find, <laughs> be found on the feed right behind this one. Great discussion. One of the three of us had never seen Midnight Run before, and so it was fun to talk about. The thing about it is, they, there's these potatoes, and it's done, <laughs> it's done with a, a sort of so, a creamy sort of sauce, and in the in the middle is an onion. It's a, it's, it's a potato. It's delicious. It's a Leonese potato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk why didn't he win an Oscar? Can I, anyone explain to me why he didn't win an Oscar? I'm unclear. I'm unclear about that. Um, like four of them, he should yeah. have also won Best Sound Design. He's alive. He could play Martin Goodman. Shea Wiggum. Shay Wiggum. I knew I was like, it's kind of like a lady name, but not quite. <laughs> Shay Wiggum. 
Talksplode has been recorded, so later this week you will get to hear a conversation with myself uh, and uh, artist Steve Lieber, um, who who is on uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, uh, co-created um, Whiteout, Whiteout and uh, did uh, uh, Spider-Man's, uh, what are they called? Sinister? The friendliest foes of Spider-Man? The, 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 famous the, foes of Spider-Man? The Something foes of Spider-Man. Wow, we're really doing great tonight. This is what happened. I think it's worse than we do the show at night. I think it is. Um, My brain's spent. It's friendliest, deadliest, ah, fuck, fucking foes of Spider-Man. And then, and then the the fix also with Image Comics. Right, right, right. That book uh, just disappeared. This guy is an artist's artist. Um, I dug talking to him. There's some nuts and bolts stuff. There's some. Uh, there's he's been around a long time. Uh, I really dug it. Um, I hope you look will too when it comes out later. And then. Um, on the heels of that, at some point in the near future, I guess for next month, uh, we will be talking in our next book split about Pluto Volume 1. Yes. Um, shouldn't take you too long to read through it. I'm guessing a lot of people already have. I'm going to go through and read it again. Connor's never read it, um, and that yep. will be... So you've had time You have time to prepare for it. Yep. All that said, get over to ifanboy.com. You can find all the podcasts you've ever done. You can find uh, 80-something other Talksplodes that have been recorded and a bunch of Booksplodes. Uh, you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy, following at ifanboy on Twitter, and at ifanboycomics on Instagram, which also features the best of the week in panels and anything else we can think to put up there. You can follow us in div- I didn't. I didn't grab one panel this week, I just realized. That's right. No, but I normally grab them and then don't post them. I didn't even grab any this week. <laughs> You could follow us. Week. That's fine. You could follow us individually. CS Kilpatrick uh, at Instagram and Jay Flanagan over on Instagram too. And finally, subscribe to not finally. He's going to talk after me. Subscribe to our YouTube page at YouTube.com/slash/ifanboy. Keep up to date on old videos, show reuploads. Uh, what's going? You know what's going up now? Like and subscribe. I, I do think people should subscribe if they're interested because you you did get the notice. We, we were putting up like four things a week. Mm-hmm. Um, what is happening? Is it is it for this past week or coming up? Oh, the past week. So the past week we had G.I. Joe, and we had a vault show. That's where we took. That's where we took a look at a single issue. A lot of people ask, "Hey, when do you guys ever talk about gra- uh, like indie graphic novels?" It was on the video show, and it was specifically on the vault show. So this week we talked about some other some single graphic novels, and we also had Josh's mini in which he looked at books that just disappeared, never came out again, <laughs> just stopped coming out. So the fix would be. It was that, that Ed Brubaker that. Warren Police book that I can't remember the name of? I talked about that in that one. And then next week we got a, it's it's, it's inter, we're entering into con season 2007 so it's like San Diego Comic Con Wizard World there's a lot of show con shows coming up mm-hmm. which people don't care about which look out for that time that Thomas Jane just bombed our cold open yeah but that's much later I know that it's, was that was an incredible moment if you like the show write a review uh, star rating review wherever you listen to podcasts Apple Podcasts is the most popular place but if you listen somewhere else please consider even just leaving a star rating helps the show. We do thank everyone who does that. Even better than that is to tell your friends. Word of mouth is a great way to help people find the show. And we do appreciate that. And uh, thanks to everyone who does so. It's a, it's a big help. So we appreciate it. I think we ended strong. I think it was it was for a little while. It was like, man, these guys don't like comics. But and then we got excited talking about 60s Marvel, and that yeah. got fun. Oh, man. There you go. Send us more questions about 60s Marvel. Let's, hear, you, let's hear your casting. You know... If if you're reading listening to the show and you've never read Marvel Comics, The Untold Story, mm-hmm. you need to rectify that. Yes. And it came out a long time ago, but there's still people who haven't read it. You must, if you're a f- comics fan, if you're a Marvel fan, there's no reason. You have to read that book. And and if you can find a used copy, I cannot recommend uh, Ronan Rose Tales to Astonish book more. It 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 was like my, the key to Kirby for me. Um, 
Tom Scioli just came out with a Kirby uh, comic book biography as well. I'm going to read that soon. Man, that's it's all it's all fascinating. That Marvel Comics book is just it's like the comics version of a Peter Biskin book. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. God, that was great. That was, was that was that watch. a reference that anyone will know? <laughs> Some will. Okay. And they and they'll feel satisfied about it. Yeah, that's fine. You should read right. Peter Biskin books. Until next week. Hopefully we're looking to rebound next week. Yeah, yeah, it was grumpy. I'm sorry. You can comment about it if you want. This just happened. It happens sometimes. I'm not. I'm we'll not. Back. I'm not grumpy. I'm unsatisfied. Yeah, we're sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not. You know what? I'm not sorry. All Maybe right. next time the books will be better. All right, pal. <laughs> listen, listen, pal. <laughs> Wrap it up. All right. Okay.